Welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a certified personal trainer, high altitude mountaineer, and ultra runner. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like a mountaineer so you can boost your chances of reaching the summit. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, mountain climbing will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. Are you in a love-hate relationship with your heart rate monitor, or do you get so obsessed with the heart rate number on the screen that you forget to tune into your own body? Or maybe you're a beginner who feels overwhelmed by all the science behind heart rate training. You're already on a steep learning curve, and it's just one more thing, right? Friends, if you want a super simple way to measure workout intensity so you can get the results you want, let me introduce you to my friend, the RPE scale. RPE is short for Ratings of Perceived Exertion, and it's probably one of the best tools you can have in your belt as an endurance athlete. And in the next 15 minutes, I'm going to show you everything you need to use it. It's that simple. Ready? Let's do this. Today's episode is brought to you by my course, Mountain Fit, Self-Coaching for Mountain Athletes. So congratulations, you've signed up for a mountaineering trip or a long distance trek. Now, how the French toast do you get in shape for it? You could hire a coach to help you, but the ones who actually understand our sport are so damn expensive. And even if you get a good one, no coach is ever going to understand your lifestyle, your schedule, and your body the way that you do. The truth is you will always be your own best coach. You just need to know what to do and when to do it. That's why I created Mountain Fit. This online masterclass is the roadmap you've been looking for to help you reach your fitness goals. In this course, I walk you step-by-step through everything you need to transform yourself into a diesel-powered hiking machine, even if you're starting from absolute zero. By the end, you'll know how to assess your fitness level, write a training plan that gets results, and choose the best exercises for your goals. And if you need a starting point, I've included 40 weeks, that's 40 weeks of training plans you can adapt for your own season. So stop wasting thousands of dollars on Tracy, the big box gym trainer who has never hiked a day in her life. Learn how to train yourself with Mountain Fit. To check it out, just click the link in the show notes. Hope to see you in there. Hey friends, how you doing? I think you're probably going to be listening to this episode right after the 4th of July weekend. So for those of you in the United States, I hope it was a wonderful weekend, long weekend for lots of you. I think (laughs) I'm predicting because it hasn't actually happened yet. I think I'm going to be in town during this weekend. I'm actually going to hang out with some friends and maybe catch a run or a hike close to Denver. For those of you, by the way, who are thinking about maybe moving to Colorado, moving to Denver, here's a pro tip for you. (laughs) The best time to be in the city, the best time to be in town is on the holidays because everyone leaves. And then all the county parks and the open spaces and the things that are close to town are kind of dead. So that's the time to go there. And then if you actually try to get to the mountains, it's going to be crazy. There's going to be like so many people and anywhere you go, that's like a trail. That's like a hike people do. You're going to be marching in a parade. So that's my pro tip to you, future Coloradoans. Definitely plan your holidays to be in town and then make some other weekend, the long weekend, the holiday. That's what I think works best. Anyway, let's dive into the topic for today. We're going to talk about ratings of perceived exertion or RPE. And this is a topic that's kind of been on my mind lately because 
I'm a big heart rate trainer. You've heard me talk about it on the program. I am always, I have a watch and I'm always looking at the number. And then about two weeks ago, my heart rate monitor just started going crazy. Like I would be running really hard and it would be like heart rate 60, which is wrong. (laughs) And I remember I was getting so bent out of shape about it and so bothered by it. And because I was actually away from home when it was happening and couldn't really receive a package, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to have to use the ratings of perceived exertion, which is what I'm going to teach you today. It's another like very well-respected tool for measuring intensity. And I personally hadn't used it much like in the past couple of years, just because I've been so obsessed with heart rate. And you know what? I'm just amazed by the results. I've been loving using it to the point where I've thought about not getting another heart rate monitor. I just feel like I get so much better results and and even better. I just feel like really in touch with my body, like kind of that present moment awareness of the body, what's happening is so much more real for me when I'm using this tool that I'm going to teach you today. So yeah, I've been feeling like it's been getting great results for me and I definitely wanted to share it with you because I think it's like a super, super useful thing to know. So what is RPE or ratings of perceived exertion? Basically, it's a subjective scale for measuring workout intensity. We talked about in the last episode about how in order to get results, we have to put a certain amount of stress on our bodies. We have to give our body, so to speak, a certain dosage of exercise and a certain dosage of intensity and a certain dosage of time. So this RPE is measuring the intensity part of that. And basically, there's a couple ways to do RPE, but the one I'm going to talk to you about today, the one most coaches probably are going to use with you. It's a one to 10 scale. So basically a zero is sleeping. (laughs) One is like barely moving. And then 10 is all out effort, like as hard as you can go. And then in between one and 10, there's all kinds of other numbers, other levels of intensity that we'll talk about in just a moment. So as a tool for training, RPE can be used alone. Like a lot of people only train by RPE. And I think it's, I'll talk in just a minute about like what sports I think it works for, but I think it's very useful for mountaineering, hiking, trail running, all the outdoor sports, mountain sports. Some people also use it in conjunction with an HRM, with a heart rate monitor. And I think that's a, a good way to do it too. We'll talk a little bit about what that might look like things to know about RPE. It's research validated. Interestingly, when you have like all kinds of different people go out and exercise and then rate it the effort on a scale of one to 10, they come up with pretty similar numbers for similar levels of effort, similar heart rate, similar paces like relative to their their biology. So it it is something that even though it sounds a little loosey-goosey is surprisingly accurate for a lot of people. There's a few caveats to that we'll talk about in just a moment. But yeah, this is something that is so simple, (laughs) so validated, so accurate. I, I really think you need to know about it and decide if this is something that might be helpful to you. So let's talk a little bit about benefits and downsides of RPE before we talk about what exactly how to use it. So benefits, it does not require any equipment other than your brain, right? Super simple, super easy, super inexpensive. And another thing that's really helpful, especially this time of year, I'm recording this in the summertime, is that your heart rate can be affected by heat. There's something called heart rate drift and also by duration of exercise. Generally in hot weather, the longer you 
exercise, then the more your heart rate is going to drift up so that it becomes kind of artificially high relative to your effort, which is going to cause you to slow down if you're gauging your intensity with a heart rate monitor. So this is not a problem, obviously, with RPE. The exercise intensity is whatever your body feels. It's not affected by things like heat. Other things that can mess with heart rate are things like caffeine, things like time of day, things like how fatigued you are how much sleep you get the night before. There's all kinds of things that can kind of throw it off so that you're exercising at the wrong intensity. And RPE doesn't solve for all of those, but it will solve for many of them. Another thing really important for those of you who are training in the mountains where you're going maybe up a couple thousand feet and then coming down on your training hikes, RPE, unlike your heart rate, is not affected by altitude. So what you'll find if you try to exercise, especially as you're maybe climbing your mountain on a training hike, going up a little bit higher, you'll see that you start to actually feel like the workout is very intense while your heart rate is still pretty low. You might be looking at the heart rate monitor like, what? I'm like gasping so hard and I'm only at like 120, for example, on my heart rate. This is completely normal. This is just the way the body works as you're going up in altitude. And one thing that's really cool if you use RPE is you'll never have to worry about that. You'll never have to do math or try to adjust in your head at 10,000 feet, like my heart rate should be this. You can just let go of all of that. It's gone when you're using RPE. So again, this makes RPE a really excellent tool for our mountain athletes. So people like mountaineers, um, trail runners that are in the mountains, hikers, all of you can really benefit from this. And then my favorite benefit of the RPE scale that I mentioned is it promotes embodiment. Embodiment is that moment-to-moment felt sense of our body, that awareness of our body, what's happening, how it's feeling. That is such a valuable skill to have as an athlete, to be connected to your body, to be able to know like when you're getting tired, to know when you can push harder. And I really feel like RPE, much more than a heart rate scale, really promotes that. I think heart rate actually interferes with that quite a bit, as I'll talk about in just a minute. So RPE does have some downsides. First of all, even though it doesn't have as high of a learning curve as heart rate training, you know, there's still some things to learn, although I'm going to teach them all to you probably in the next 15 minutes. It's pretty easy. And another thing to keep in mind is this one to 10 scale, while it's pretty well validated by science, it's not going to be true for everyone or intuitive for everyone. So some people that might find that it's a little off for them are brand new beginners. Like an effort for a seasoned athlete might feel like a 10 for a brand new beginner, just because exercise is subjectively more painful and probably objectively more painful when you're a beginner. Your body isn't tolerating lactate, for example, in the same way that a seasoned athlete would. Other people that have to watch out, people with a high pain tolerance. If you can go to the dentist and get your teeth drilled and (laughs) really not have much anesthesia or really care much, maybe you're one of those people that like when you're running really, really hard, like a 10, for most people, it feels like an eight to you. I'm actually one of those people. I like fell and broke my arm a couple of years ago and I, I like didn't even feel any pain. I'm like, I felt like a huge adrenaline hit, like with the bone breaking and then was like, 
oh, you know, <laughs> is it broken? And I didn't even realize until I tried to grab onto something. I'm like, oh, it's kind of like moving in strange ways. So so yeah, if, if any of that rings true for you, you're like, yeah, that's kind of like me. RPE, just keep that in mind that you may be able to push harder than might be healthy without realizing it. So how do you deal with this, especially as a beginner with RPE? I'm going to give you a couple of other ways to check yourself besides the one to 10 scale. We'll talk about using your breathing. And another thing you can do if you normally use heart rate training and know about like where your lactate threshold is, where your aerobic threshold is, you can use your heart rate monitor to kind of help you dial in the RPE as well as an additional data point. So let's talk a little bit about RPE and training. And the way that I really conceptualize training, I think there's really like four different workout types that as endurance athletes we do. There's actually maybe like five or six, but four basic ones, four you really need to know to get results. So I'm going to go over all four of those going from the least intense to the most intense. And I'll talk about the RPE, how to use the scale to make sure you're getting the most out of each of these. So first is the easy or recovery workouts. An example of this might be like a day that you have a rest day from training, but you know, you really want to go out and just, you know, keep the blood moving through your legs. Maybe you had a hard workout the day before. So you want to keep your circulation going, reduce inflammation, move some of those metabolic waste products. So maybe just go out for like a brisk walk with your dog. There's no like no target or intensity target or anything like that. You're just kind of going out just to move. So other applications of this might be in the early season. A lot of times we encourage athletes who are maybe just coming back to training, whether they've been off for their off season or for a couple years or first, or even if you're a brand new beginner that's coming for the first time, we usually have like a, a fun block of a training where you're just getting used to being out there moving getting your body used to exercise, keeping it fun, keeping it not too hard. So again, this would be another application of this easy recovery type of intensity. So what should this look like? Basically, on the RPE scale, it can be anything from a one to about a four. So if you're, again, like placing yourself on a scale of one to 10, one is, or zero is resting and 10 is as hard as you can go. One to four is pretty easy, right? You're just kind of strolling along, maybe lightly jogging, maybe hiking on some terrain that's not too tough and taking it easy. And some other ways to know that you're in this zone would be that it's really, really easy to talk. We talk about conversational pace. This is very conversational pace. You can have your friend Susie next to you and you guys can like be having like a very animated conversation, very focused on each other and not so focused on your breathing or any sort of feeling tired. And one way I like to test my intensity with RPE, if I'm not sure, is I, I actually say the Pledge of Allegiance. So that takes about like maybe 15 seconds to say for most people. If you're like the Pledge of Allegiance, you might be from another country. So just think of something that's about 15 to 30 seconds that you can recite off the top of your head. That's just easy to say and you don't have to think about it too much and just see how difficult that is. If you're in this easy recovery zone, that little talk test, Pledge of Allegiance, allegiance test should be super easy. You should be able to say the whole thing without taking too many gasps or breaks. It should be pretty natural almost in your speech. So that's the easy recovery. Next level is the endurance workout. So an example of this would be a half day training hike with your day pack. Maybe you're going through the mountains. Maybe you're, you know, just going through the park around your house, but you're, you're definitely trying to pick up the pace a little bit, but keep it so that it's still sustainable. 
And we're using this, if you remember, to build endurance and stamina, to improve our aerobic functioning, and to promote physiological changes like increasing our capillary density, our mitochondrial density in our muscle cells, aerobic enzymes in our muscle cells. So what does this look like on the RPE scale? How do you know that you're here? Basically, most of the time during your endurance workout, you want to be at an RPE 4 to 6 on that 1 to 10 scale. And if you take the talk test, saying the Pledge of Allegiance or reciting whatever it is you want to recite, It should still be conversational, but as you get towards the top of this zone, it should start to feel a little bit uncomfortable. So if you're walking with your friend Susie and the two of you are talking, you might still be able to talk to her, but it's not as comfortable as it was. And as you get up towards a six, you're probably going to be like, ah, Susie, just, you know, stop talking. (laughs) I don't want to talk. I'm working here. (laughs) So that's the talk test for it. Another thing to do, some people don't like to talk. Um, You might be in a place where that feels really awkward. Awkward. Like maybe you're on the stair mill or this or like the incline treadmill at the gym and you don't want to be like talking to yourself. You could like, you know, call a friend or pretend like you're calling a friend and fake it. But another way, if you don't want to actually talk, is to do nose breathing. So, you know, close your mouth, breathe through your nose. In the easy zone, you should be able to breathe through your nose pretty easy. In the endurance workout, you should hear it. It should be a little bit noisy. And especially as you get toward the top of this zone where talking would be uncomfortable, nose breathing should also become uncomfortable and probably a bit noisy. Like it might be hard to sustain. You might want to open your mouth. There might be some snorting <laughs> going on, but yeah, there's indefinitely audible sound. So that's another way to check it if you're not sure. So that's endurance workouts. Let's move on to the next level of intensity. This is lactate threshold work. So So again, this is another one that's very important in mountaineering. And the way that it's going to look is longer intervals. Let's say maybe like you're going to do three 15-minute intervals on a stair mill or an incline treadmill. And the purpose for doing this is to increase your body's ability to tolerate lactate and to help you be able to work at high intensities for a longer period. And I like to describe it as it kind of gives you that second gear you can shift into anytime you need to in the mountains when you need a little burst of speed. Or if you're just getting impatient and the summit is close and you just, you know, it's, you want to go harder for about 30 minutes at altitude and get up there. This is something where lactate threshold work can be very helpful. So, and it also improves your aerobic functioning, even though you're not specifically training that energy system, it also helps. So, what does this look like from an RPE perspective? So lactate threshold workouts should be around RPE eight or nine, starting at eight if you're a beginner, pushing up to nine for those of you who are a little more experienced. And usually these are done as intervals, not as some people do do them as steady state workouts. You might have heard of tempo workouts. That's kind of a, a like an easy lactate threshold workout, RPE eight-ish. And what it should look like. So you're breathing. After you've been at this intensity level for maybe one to two minutes, you should notice your breathing is getting pretty deep and labored. It's not necessarily gasping, but you are definitely making some efforts and maybe some noise and definitely like pulling it a little bit deeper. If you were to try to speak, 
while you're doing these intervals, you'll be able to speak. I mean, you'll still be able to talk, but you definitely aren't at the point where you can carry on a conversation. And if you do your talk test, your Pledge of Allegiance or what have you, you're probably not going to be able to get out more than, say, three to five words. That's a good gauge. So go ahead and try that. See what happens. If you're at about three to five words, you're probably right in that lactate threshold zone, which is exactly where you want to be for these workouts. And finally, let's talk about VO2 max workouts and also known as HIIT or H-I-I-T. So what do these look like? They're the short, very, very intense intervals, almost at maximal intensity. So if For example, maybe you're doing two-minute hill repeats, like sprinting up a hill. And we do this in order to increase the efficiency with which the body moves and metabolizes oxygen. And for those of us who are mountaineers or any kind of mountain athlete that's going to be performing at high altitude, this can also improve our comfort at altitude. So it can be a very important part of our training if that's something that applies to you. So the intensity at which you perform these short intervals is going to be well above your lactate threshold. It's going to feel both kind of difficult and uncomfortable and exhilarating at the same time. And that's why we tend to keep the intervals short so that it's not, you get some stress, but it's not so overwhelming that you can't do it or dread doing the workout. So from an RPE scale, what does it look like? This is probably the easiest one. It's a 10. (laughs) It's basically as hard as you can go, whatever that is to you subjectively. If you're doing intervals, if your intervals are at least a minute long, you can check your breathing. After about a minute, you'll probably be gasping. You may actually be gasping before a minute, truth be told. You you may be able to speak just a little bit, but you know, it's not going to be like words or sentences strung together. You may be able to get out a word or a squeak or, you know, a lot of times you cannot speak at all whenever you're working at this intensity. So you can try the talk to us. If you can get out more than a couple words, you can pick up the pace. You probably need to go just a little bit harder. Now, if those of you who are beginners are listening to me say this and thinking it sounds terrifying, that's okay. This is not necessarily for you. This is something you can work your way up to. This is something that is not even really necessary to do a mountaineering trip or to do a a hike at high altitude or a trail run. But it is like one thing that's useful once you're ready for psychologically and physically to perform these kinds of workouts. So friends, that's RPE. That's how it looks in all the different kinds of workouts that we we do. Um, If you want more information just on the exercise physiology, the science, like how to put together the different workouts, definitely check out my Mountain Fit course. It will walk you through all of these different kinds of workouts, show you how to put them together and get results with them. If you want to connect with me, if you have any questions, definitely hit me up on Instagram. Uh, You could also join my Facebook group. I'll put a link in the show notes. And friends, thank you so much for listening. I will catch you here next week. Hey friend, if you're enjoying the pod, there are two simple and free ways you can show your support. First of all, please share this with a friend who might find it helpful. And second, please leave a review on iTunes. Your support means the world to me. Thanks so much for tuning in.